You are listening to the APSI Podcast, the association of people supporting employment first, with your host, Chris Davies. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Minnesota APSI Video Podcast. We are very excited uh, to, uh, to have Riss Leitsky here with us today. Say hello, Riss. Hi, everyone. I'm really, really happy to be here today uh, and have a, a conversation with you. And I'm really excited to tell you about what I'm up to. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. And we're looking forward to getting to know Riss. And uh, Riss has some very uh, exciting job to tell us about and uh, a lot of great stories. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Uh, the normal housekeeping items before we get to that. Uh, again, uh, this is a video podcast series. This is actually episode number six. So we're really starting to, uh, to build something here. And uh, we're very excited about that. And we really appreciate all of our, our viewers out there that, that uh, tune into to our APSI video podcasts. If you're not familiar with, with Minnesota APSI or the uh, National APSI organization, uh, we are an action-oriented organization, and we exist to bring people together to raise expectations so that people with disabilities can be employed, contribute, and assume their roles and responsibilities as citizens in their communities. We believe that employment is the same wages, standards, responsibilities, expectations, and opportunities available to any working age adult. Now, we believe one person at a time uh, and employment is, is indeed the uh, avenue out of poverty and isolation. And I know our guest today, uh, Riz Leitsky, believes that as well. Yes, I do. All right. All right. Fantastic. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I am deafblind. Um, I can't hear anything and I'd use ASL to communicate. And I do have some of my vision left. And I just I just want to let that let you know kind of where I'm coming from. That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for that risk. And uh, since you're talking about yourself, let's just jump right into it. So uh, Riss recently uh, became employed by an organization called Wilderness Inquiry. Uh, but Riss, your love for the outdoors started a long time ago. Isn't that right? It sure did. All right. Many, many years ago. I think maybe I was about 15. Well, um, that's fantastic. Before that, I really just disliked the outdoors Ugh, I thought it was dirty and everything was just the worst um and so it wasn't until I was 15 that I really started to appreciate it and I started working at uh, the Conservation Corps of Minnesota uh, as my first kind of outdoor experience and uh you know I had a friend who was really really wanted me to go work with them kind of begging me to go and I was hemming and hawing I went back and forth and I finally gave in and I went and I was there for about a month 
you know, we were uh, doing some construction and building outdoors with different trails um, and um, setting up benches, you know, fixing stairs, um, you know, out in nature. And oh, that, it was such hard work. I was sweating all the time. And, but at the same time, it was such a good experience. I met so many different people and found out, um, you know, got different experiences, different perspectives, different backgrounds. Um, and I just slowly but surely fell in love with that experience. And it made me want to do more um, to get outside and volunteer. Um, and so that was that experience. And then I think maybe I was 15, 16 or 17 or so when I started volunteering at Wilderness Inquiry. And, and I started small, some basic packing food, getting uh, food prep ready, getting equipment and everything set up um, for the variety of different trips they had. And, you know, um, that was also kind of my, uh, one of my own first tripping experiences when I went to the Boundary Waters canoe area. And that was just mm -hmm. something that um, just was permanently in my, my brain. I just, I loved it so much. We paddled, it was about a day or two. Initially, I was kind of awkward at the paddling experience, um, but having that experience working with other people with disabilities and, and um, uh, realizing what I could do, it was really amazing. And so, you know, I continued improving on my paddling and uh, learning how to set up tents and doing all that. Um, uh, and we kind of we kind of made sure we we had a separate um, space. We went to go fishing um, from other people, and um, and that's the location that we decided to stay. Um, you know, and and we were um, filleting the fish and getting rid of the fish heads, and and um, and then that then we went back to our campsite. So we kind of did all of that. It was a, an experience to find out that if we were going to eat fish or get the fish prepared the, to wait and be separate. But what was so interesting is after we had done that, we watched an eagle circling around and getting closer and closer to us. And it was just you know um, just this beautiful sight of watching them. Uh, you know, uh, come down to the, where the fish had been um, left, the heads had been left and just seeing them use that as our food and uh, just seeing that, oh, such a really impressive experience for me. Uh, and that was a part of my internship, the going to the Boundary Waters with Wilderness Inquiry. And, you know, as I went along, I, I learned, I, I had more new challenges. Um, you know, one part of the piece that I learned later was how important it was to do portion size for food um, when you're sending out trips and making sure that everyone, everyone had um, um, the right amount of portions. And that was part of the, the learning process for me at Wilderness Inquiry. And then my next experience was at the Apostle Islands. And um, that was more of an assistant. I was an assistant for the trip leader at that time. And, you know, we would work with families and other participants to make sure everyone was doing well and, and had what they need needed. And I used a kayak uh, and it was such a great experience. We were able to go into the caves and explore all underneath uh, in the Apostle Islands. And that experience was just, just amazing for me. Um, and then after that, that was when I started to learn more about um, people with disabilities and, and kind of the issues that they, um, they faced and whatnot. So I went to a couple um, different events uh, by the Pacer Center. And I, at that time, you know, I, I was working with different people with different disabilities and learning about kind of all their variety of different experiences, frustrations, barriers, all, all, all those kind of different issues. And that was just, um, you know, I felt 
a strong connection with so many of the people I was working with and, and having that ability to express themselves and express myself. And that's when I decided that, you know what, it was so important that I worked outside and I had a chance to work with people with all different abilities um, and that to make sure that that was accessible for them. And so uh, this was before I actually even went to college and I had a good friend who um, was at camp at a camp. Um, there was a, I was volunteering for a deaf and hard of hearing week and going through that experience. And then it wasn't until then, but, um, I was, I, I also worked as a cabin counselor for about three or four months or so at that camp. And, um, you know, it's just, each session was different. Each week was different. They had a different session. Um, one session might be for someone with autism. One might be another session for people with Down syndrome. Another session might be with people who have hearing loss. I mean, it was just a huge variety of different sessions and, um, you know, having to accommodate and adjust to each session, it was really a, a very impactful experience for me. Um, you know, that it's, that having that kind of connection with the wilderness and having accessibility to wilderness or not, how that um, could be a really, you know, a bummer of a, of a situation. So that was something that was very, uh, that kept me, uh, kept in the back of my mind. And then after that was when I went to college at U, U, the University of Minnesota Duluth. And I decided to major in environmental outdoor education. Yeah, I think it's easy for all of our viewers to see uh, your love for the outdoors. And, and it, it uh, sounds like a lot of those experiences you had, you know, as a younger person really uh, inspired you to, to attend college at University of Minnesota Duluth. Would you say that's true? Oh, completely. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, and I really wanted to have more, you know, more experiences and more um, opportunities to be outside. And that, that is just a great area to be um, in the outdoors environment. And, um, and to, to do all those different kinds of activities that were allowed um, or provided up in UMD for people all variety of different yeah. or abilities. Yes, it's it's definitely tailor made for the outdoors at UMD. So tell us tell us more about your experience uh, at at UMD. Uh, you have you have a very interesting story to tell there uh, as well. I do. Yeah. Um, so before I got to UMD, um, I had grown up going to um, a deaf school where everyone communicated through sign language, you know. And then when I went to UMD, it was very disconcerting because, you know, it's primarily hearing people. Um, and so that was an experience for me to have to, how do I interact? How do I communicate? How do I navigate that with uh, primarily hearing people? And that was um, just kind of part of my education, you know, that was part of my, my goal when I was um, uh, trying to attain my, my degree. Uh, when I went to UMD, I made sure I was very social. On the first day of the class, um, you know, we would circle up and circle around and I'd have an interpreter right in front of me who, um, you know, would, would be there to, to interpret in voice for all of the, the, stu the students there. And I felt like some of the students, you know, I, um, 
what was great about it was that some of the students knew some ASL and some of the students were really, really motivated to learn ASL. And so, um, you know, that was kind of a great opportunity for me to, to teach them. Uh, and so that's kind of what happened is that, you know, as I was learning outdoor skills and, and um, how to tie knots and, and uh, do all the different camping experiences, it would be, you know, because I also went to the Boundary Waters there and we had a couple of days without any uh, structures. We had to camp outside and it was just a really great experience. Um, but, um, you know, within those four years, you know, with each uh, class that added to my um, education um, and specialties, Um, you know, it's how to set up outdoor programming, how to, it, it's just, it's more than just camping, I should say. But that also gave me the opportunity to teach people and other students and instructors how to work with somebody who has a disability, that, um, you know, how to be inclusive and how to include and, and kind of work through that, um, that, ex that ongoing um, reciprocal teaching learning experience, you know, how to make a program like that be successful. And I think it was very challenging for everyone. For sure, you know, because it's it might be easy to understand, um, but actually implement, you know, it's a whole different thing. So I'm really grateful for the people, the students, and the instructors who were willing and open-minded to to work through those experiences with me. Um, and also, you know, I really was participated. I participated in a lot of clubs uh, while I was there. Um, I was involved with um, an organization called All for access for all, excuse me. Um, <laughs> and um, that organization, um, you know, talked about how to make uh, events accessible, how to request interpreters, how to make sure there's ramps available for those who need, need it, if a wheelchair needs it or, or whatnot. So all these, or a person using a wheelchair would need one. And so, um, and that was set up so that uh, we had another event called Unlocked, um, climbing, and that was an event that um, allowed for, we had set it up so that people with disabilities would have the, the opportunity to ex, uh, ex, experience climbing. Uh, and so we partnered with another um, organization that had um, the equipment needed for someone who might use a wheelchair and that uh, also wanted to, to rock climb. And that was such a great event and very successful and ongoing. So I was um, really great to be a part of that. And with that, those experiences, I just, I felt like um, it just, it was just really um, uh, amazing to be able to be part of all of those experiences. Well, I'm uh, I'm very impressed with how involved you got in your your college experience. I I'm feeling a little inadequate, you know, with with my uh, my college experience now. I just pretty much start studied and partied. So I very impressed uh, with the uh, the uh, the efforts that you made and and some of the impact you had, you know, uh, in your college in your college years. Uh, that's fantastic. What would you say was the biggest surprise uh, going from, as uh, uh, you previously told me when we met earlier, uh, going from a ASL only school to, to UMD, what were some of the biggest, you know, like adjustments you had to make? 
Well, probably my biggest surprise was that that some so many students already knew ASL. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I thought maybe there might be two or three that had some experience, but boy, was I wrong. There's so many people. And so that was actually quite quite a good surprise. And then as I went along, I, I had the opportunity to teach more, um, but also just, um, you know, I, I was kind of taught um, as I was growing up that the hearing community would be really close, close-minded and that, that proved to be untrue. Um, my experience at UMD proved that to be false, that yes, of course, there's some people who have kind of that hearing brain, you know, I get that, that they have that experience, but the, the willingness to learn, the willingness to accept, um, you know, if you make mistakes, you can always get better and, and improve. And so that's, uh, and to have that for everyone, to have, to allow that for everyone, that was, that was kind of a, a really big surprise for me. That's, that, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Riss. Mm -hmm. So, so after college, uh, I know that you experienced, uh, you know, quite the journey uh, getting to the uh, wilderness inquiry as, in a, as an actual uh, employee, uh, someone on staff. So tell us a little bit more about your journey uh, after college. Oh, for sure. Um, so after I graduated, um, I had a summer internship um, that was actually kind of required part of my my uh, graduation requirements. Um, and that was at the Boulder uh, Lake Environmental Learning Center. And um, I developed different programs there for families who hadn't had um, quite a bit of, they didn't have any experience with camping. And so they needed a little bit more guidance. So um, I would, I developed some programming there to develop some skills for them and how to cook food and how to set up tents and all those, those very important things to know before you go camping. If you're going hiking, how to navigate um, kind of other um, things so that, that their experience when they went to the Boundary Waters would be that much better. Um, and so that was part of my internship. And once I was done with that, I was kind of at a loss. Um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, because that was around the same time that COVID happened. So I applied to a variety of different places and it was really sad, you know, sad because, because um, outdoor education wasn't really happening at that time because of the pandemic, there wasn't really a lot of um, positions available. Um, because all those jobs, you know, the need to be uh, involved social or being around other people. And so, so many of those were at a standstill. So that I was trying to figure out what to do. I did, I did go ahead and apply for different work, even in the retail sector, restaurants, servers, all those different areas. And I didn't get a single one. <laughs> and I'm not sure, I mean, um, exactly why, um, you know, but I mean, so much of my experience was outdoor at outdoors. And so what would I have to bring to a retail store necessarily or as a server? I didn't have that in my background. So I don't think I was an obvious candidate for them. Um, and really, uh, and I know that they preferred to have people with experience. So, you know, I was, I was struggling there. Um, I think that went on for about a year, even over a year, I would say. Um, and it, I would, it's frustrating. You know, I think it was very important to me. I wanted to work. I wanted to have a salary. I wanted to feel independent after graduation, you know, as, as one does. And, um, 
you know, but I, I kept going until I think about maybe spring, this last spring, I applied to one of the bigger organizations um, in my area and it was an outdoor related position. Um, and I think I waited maybe a few weeks, about two weeks later, I was contacted about the, from the ADA coordinator. And, um, you know, we set up an interview, we talked about um, accommodations, what I would need in order to uh, do the interview, if I needed an interpreter, if uh, Zoom would work. And, you know, so we, we went through all of that, had the interview, it went, I was so excited, I was so ready, I was so, you know, excited, looking all professional and whatnot. And, um, and the coordinator, the ADA coordinator was there and also someone from HR. And there was also an interpreter. Everything went so great. Um, we talked, we, I was able to explain about my experience and they, and I talked a little bit about myself being deaf blind. Um, and I think, um, you know, talking about, um, we were talking about the, um, specifically blind folks and what they need for accommodations and, you know, um, interpreters, technology, you know, if, versus a, a, um, like a regular voice phone, having like a, a zoom or whatnot. Um, and, and then having a temporary person there, um, for that transition period. And, um, you know, and so, so I, I say all of this to talk about that we talked about accommodations and after I kind of explained what we needed, the coordinator was like, oh, that's great. Okay. That sounds good. And after the interview was over, uh, you know, I think I waited maybe a week or so and I got a phone call saying they offered me the job. <laughs> I was just, oh, I was so excited, you know, have after one whole year and to have this sort of success, I was just like, oh, yes. So, you know, they emailed me some of the paperwork, like a background check, whatnot. And so, yep, yep, went through, filled it out. And there was one part that asked for my license. I don't have a driver's license because I don't drive. Um, because I am legally blind. So um, I thought, oh, well, you know, I just let them know. I'm like, after I filled everything out, I, I let them know, hey, just so you know, I don't have a license because I can't drive, thinking it wouldn't be a big deal. And then I heard nothing from them all day. I think it was the next day I received a phone call and they said, oh, I'm so sorry. We decided to rescind our offer. <laughs> And I was taken aback. I was, I said, what, why? And they said, well, because you don't have a license. You don't, you're not able to drive. And, you know, we would prefer someone with a license. And I just said, but the job has no requirements to drive. So it was very confusing. And I got off the phone and I just felt really disheartened. So I sent them an email you know, and I, I said, you know, I, I felt like I explained to you, I'm deafblind, I have services and accommodations that can be provided. I, we had this whole conversation and the email I received back said, oh no, you never told us that you're deafblind. You never said that, you know, you never said anything about accommodations. And so I just, I was, whoa, it just turned my whole world upside down for a minute, you know, and it, I was really frustrated and upset and angry. And I just didn't understand what, how this happened. So I did decide to um, I did decide to reach out to somebody in a legal uh, Minnesota Legal uh, Disability Center, and um, you know I, I wanted to let them know about the situation and um, and they uh, and whether or not and they sent out an invoice to different uh, law firms to see if they thought I had a case um, and. Um, 
I did, I did have one office um, get in touch with me to say, you know, we believe the organization is in the wrong. Um, and that, that based on that uh, job description, there was no need for a driver's license, um, so that they were in the wrong. And so they had asked me, you know, what do you want to do? What should we go forward um, with the suit, uh, the lawsuit, or if we should drop it? It was up to me. So while this was all happening, that was when I received, I, I was hired by Wilderness Inquiry <laughs> and as a program coordinator there. And it was one of those situations where I just thought, should I go ahead or should I just let it be? And so at that time, I just decided to drop it because, you know, I, it was important for me for that, the previous organization to understand what they had done wrong and hopefully in the future would change and adapt their behaviors. And that's really what I wanted. And wilderness inquiry was one of those jobs, I think, um, that I really wanted to work, you know, and I had, you know, I'd had a previous experience with them and, um, and, it, and it's been really great. I've now, the people I had met previously who are still there, I just, I'm so excited about that. So um, it's, my job right now is to network and to reach out to different organizations, let them know about our programs, about our camps and about our events. And um, I think it was actually just this last weekend. I'm so proud. Uh, we had a very successful event called ASL Day on the river. And it was where deaf or deafblind community members came together and just had just this great day out on the river. We was able to socialize with each other, be together, have such a great time. Um, and, um, and then upcoming, we have something called the Canoe Mobile, um, which is a, a canoe program. Um, and, um, And what's great is, is, is it just focused on canoeing? No, it's, it's more than that. It's, we provide uh, access to a variety of different locations. Um, and so we bring all the equipment and they, we give people opportunities to learn about how to use it. And also we include environmental education in it as well. And it's not just in Minnesota, it's actually in all these different states and surrounding states and they travel. Uh, nationally, and I think I'm really looking forward to those experiences upcoming. I love, uh, I remember in our previous meeting, you telling me about the canoe mobile, and I just love everything about it. I love the concept uh, that uh, that you are, are uh, you know, implementing there, and and just as a way of, of truly, you know, reaching out and it's a catchy name and it's a great way to try to get more people involved and interested in, you know, in the outdoors, environmental issues, things like that. So I love the canoe mobile. I can't wait to see it come through my neighborhood and uh, our, my community. Uh, I think it's a, just a fabulous idea. And, and thank you for you know, for telling us that story, uh, Riss, about the job you applied for and and how it it was basically taking taken away from you. Uh, unfortunately, those things happen more often than yeah. we realize, and I think that most people realize. But uh, you you lived you lived through it, and your attitude about it is so healthy. Uh, I feel like you made all the right decisions and. 
And I love the way you you said that uh, you decided that really the best thing, what you really wanted was them to understand it was wrong. So hopefully they would change for the future. And and I think there's a real chance that that will happen, you know, and, and uh, thanks to your efforts. And at the same time, you had, you know, this fabulous job, right? With the Wilderness Inquiry, um, which just sounds so tailored to you as a person. Uh, the, um, you know, one of the things that, that we do, the company that I work for do is. And I wanted to say, it's like my dream job and I'm there. So it's really, it's really great. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things we do is, is try to, uh, the company I work for is we help people get jobs that are a good fit, you know, uh, that match their interests, their skills, their personality, their visions for the future, all those things, everything. And, uh, the, the job, uh, that you have really sounds like such a great fit, uh, for you and, uh, uh, a nice stroke of, uh, serendipity, but, not not totally serendipity all the things you did in your past you know led you to where you are are today it's a great story yes yes and i just want to add too um you know all the different experiences that i've had you know have really changed uh, my own philosophy you know um has really in um um, impacted my philosophy. It's really why I think that wilderness inquiry, or I feel like the, that um, the wilderness is people, sorry, I'm going to start over if that's okay. Um, just because I want to get this right. Absolutely. So can you start that? You know, I guess what's really important is that my philosophy that most people think that the wilderness is limited to a certain uh, group of people. And I want to know who decided that, who decided that who can access the wilderness and who can't, you know, who has that kind of power to control the wilderness, if you will. Um, and so I want, it's, I just think that wilderness should be open to all, accessible to everyone, um, to have those experiences, you know, people with disabilities, different uh, people of color, uh, LGBT, community. I mean, just open it up. Let's make it accessible to all to have that experience, um, to have that experience out in nature and to see all that it has to offer, you know, because that can just develop and grow your personality and make you a, a, a really a different person and, and figure out who you are and to have, have not have those experiences. I just, it really gets me. I really want that to be a, something to change. I want it to be the idea of it's limited, it's not accessible. I want that to get get gone and and really um, and really open it up. And that's my goal. That's my 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 dream and my goal for the future. Yeah, I I remember when we we met uh, originally. You really laid that out, uh, you know, for us that you had this this vision uh, of the future and that. Uh, it, you know, from my perspective, if I may say, uh, what I see is that, you know, this is your, this is the piece that you want to truly try to help expand uh, accessibility in an area that you, you know, are passionate about, and you want to help ex uh, expand accessibility in this area, the area of the wilderness, if you will. 
And uh, I think that's just very exciting that you're matching your your passions uh, along with your your visions for a a more uh, accessible world. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, one of my passions is accessibility and employment and creating uh, a, a more level playing field for all in the employment arena. And uh, it sounds like that's what uh, you are doing and, and will continue to do for the, uh, the great outdoors. And I think that is just fantastic. You certainly opened my eyes, uh, you know, to that concept and, and made and given me a lot to think about. Yeah. And, you know, I think about that as that, that, the, the larger goal is to how, what kind of changes, what kind of ad adaptations need to happen to, to get other people to wake up and see that, you know, I know it's not easy. I know that you have to uh, make accommodations and maybe people need extra supports or, or whatnot, but we need to grow that vision. We need to see, see bigger, see it bigger in the future. Do you know what your next uh, step will be in, in furthering that, that vision? Well, you know, for now, <laughs> I, to me, that's a future goal. Right now, I'm going to focus and do those baby steps that I need to do um, because I don't want to miss out on the, the experiences. I feel like that will lead up and help me be able to, to attain that goal. You know, because you know, you can't just you have to lay the tracks, right? You can't just get on the train and go. So right now, I'm laying the tracks so that I am able to um, to attain that future future goal of mine. That's a good strategy. You will. Uh, I I see big things in your future, and uh, uh, you uh, I think have the potential to to be a true leader uh, uh, in in a variety of ways and in fields, and uh, it'll be fun to track your progress, Riss. After all, you are, if I may say, much younger than me. You still have a whole future ahead of you. <laughs> and I am really excited. I'm really looking forward to that future and, um, and to see what, what the future has in store for us. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, I've always had a saying, uh, plan for the future, but live for today. And you really seem to grasp that. Well, do you have any, uh, any other words of wisdom you'd like to bestow on us before we start, uh, start wrapping things up? Yeah, I do. Um, Great. You know, I know we just talked about um, how my traumatic experience with that one organization, and I just have it kind of a reminder that, you know, here I am a deafblind person, um, you know, and maybe there's people out there who are just are deaf or deafblind or deaf plus. And, um, you know, people with disabilities, you know, we have those kind of different frustrating experiences. And so I really think it shows that people who, are out there working or, you know, even people who have experience in the ADA that they really need to be ready to do those accommodations now, really need to be able to figure out how to fit everyone in the world out into the, the, the workplace, you know, help them get more experiences, help get more access. Because if not, you know, there's gonna be so many people who would, won't be able to get jobs because they don't have those opportunities. So I just really wanna, Lay that out there. Yeah. Thank you. 
Thank you. And I, uh, I think those are very important uh, words and uh, uh, could not be said enough. So thank you, Riss. And, you know, I just have to say uh, that I think it's poetic that your name, uh, your last name is pronounced Lightsky because uh, you are truly a, a light, you know, you have a, uh, a there are certain people uh, that I run across that just have a true light about them and uh, you just truly shine, you know, uh, your smile is infectious first off and your attitude is, is fantastic. And uh, I just think your philosophies about life are, are wonderful. And I think you truly are a, uh, a shining light, uh, you know, uh, for us all and for anybody that uh, that's lucky enough to meet you. So I consider myself in that group now. Thank you so much for, for spending this time with us. Oh, of course. And thank you so much. I really appreciate those kind words. And thank you for letting me, you know, tell you my story. It's, I think it's important for everyone. It can be something to, to listen and learn from individuals and figure out how we can all improve either your organizations, your programs, your, your, your world. So I just really think it's a great opportunity. And so I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, so, uh, thank you again, uh, Riss and, uh, thank you, Emily, uh, for joining us today, uh, as well. And I just want to remind everybody out there that if you believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah.